The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host, who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power. And now, here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there, and welcome to today's show. As always, I've got an amazing guest for you. And after the break, I'm going to be introducing Jeff Thompson. He's an amazing guy, and I think you'll find him incredibly inspiring. Now, today's theme is all about forgiveness, and it's a theme that we have visited many times. But today, the whole show is based on forgiveness and the divine CEO. I want to make something clear, and it'd be interesting talking to Jeff after the break, but my view is that forgiveness has the power to free you from the baggage and the trauma of the past. And I've worked with many people who've been abused, who have had terrible situations happen in their past, um, grief and so on, all sorts of things where they have needed to forgive themselves in order to move on. They've needed to forgive other people in order to move on. But I want to make it very clear that as far as I view forgiveness, it's not about forgetting what happened. It's not about erasing this from your memory and thinking, you know, it never happened. And nor is it about condoning what went on. I mean, particularly when I've been working with people who have been abused, recognizing that holding on to that hurt is continuing the abuse, if you like. It keeps them firmly in victim mode. And it means that it's very difficult for them to move on and to make the best of the present and to have a, a really engaging and happy and successful and fulfilling future. So forgiving other people, I think, is incredibly important. But I believe just as powerful are those times when you need to forgive yourself. Because hindsight's a wonderful science. You can look back and think, oh, I wish I didn't do that, or if only I had done something else. There are times when you've done something that you really regret. You've made a, a silly decision. You've taken an action or not taken an action um, that you really do wish had been different. Now, if you can put things right, it makes absolute sense to do that. But oftentimes, it's not possible to do that. I mean, one example, I was talking to a client the other day who hadn't got on with her, her mother. They had a terrible relationship. And the last time she spoke to her mom, they finished on the round. And sadly, her mom suddenly died. And there was no opportunity to actually go back and say, I'm really sorry. In the heat of the moment, I meant it, but I actually love you. And this had been eating her away for some time, this sense that if only I hadn't. Now, recognising that, yes, she wished she hadn't was really important. 
But ultimately, having that conversation with her mum and sending energetically the message to her mum that I do love you, I did love you, and I still love you, and I am sorry for the hurtful things that I said. And then learning that lesson that actually when we say things in a reactive way, in anger, in hurt, we often say or do things that we regret, or we don't say things which later on we wish we had. And so having learnt the lesson, it's time to forgive yourself and move on. Holding on to that hurt, that bitterness, is like taking poison. Now, if you're wanting to forgive yourself or needing to forgive yourself, it's like taking the poison yourself and there is no one else there, but you are literally killing any chance of having a worthwhile, happy, fulfilling life while that, that naggy voice is going, oh, you should have done, or you should have done. But if it's somebody else who has been the perpetrator, if you hold on to the bitterness, it is like you taking the poison and expecting the other person to die. And it's never going to happen. But I know many people who for years and years and years have held on to that incredible bitterness and hurt, and with good reason, let me say. But once they forgive, it's as if the weight has been taken off their shoulders and they're able to move on. I'm reminded of a time when I was on a course and we were talking about forgiveness and one of the, uh, the, the members of the course was actually um, from a war-torn country and his parents had been kidnapped. He didn't know if they were alive or dead and he was really very angry when forgiveness was brought up because he said, how can I forgive people who've done this to my family? They've not only, I don't know what they've done to my parents, but my whole life is, has been taken over and I want retribution. I want justice. No, I want retribution. I want things to be even. The guy who was working and, and running the course uh, invited him to come up to the stage and said to him, what legacy are you leaving by holding on to that bitterness and hurt, however deserved it might be. What's the legacy for you and what's the legacy for your children? Now, I'm, I'm condensing a very long, involved conversation. But there came a point when the guy had a sudden moment when he recognised that in his holding on to that bitterness and hurt, and his anger and his need for retribution, that he was completely and utterly destroying not only his own life, but his children, he had two children, one was about eight and one was about 12, who were listening to his angst, his anger. And the sense that one got from his conversation is that if he didn't meet out retribution, that that was the legacy that he led was going to leave his children, that they would feel the need, that they had to keep the, the war going in order to in some way pay back for what had happened to their grandparents. And that's the challenge, isn't it? I heard someone say, and it's pretty well known saying, you know, if you go for an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, you end up with a lot of blind, toothless people. And that's true. 
but it does require courage to let go and forgive. And in a moment, after the break, we're going to, to talk to Jeff, who's had the most amazing life, and who's going to talk about forgiveness and the divine CEO. So, be back in a minute. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-u.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hi there. We're going to be discovering the power of forgiveness and the world healing through through forgiveness, metaphysical power of healing. Now I have an amazing guest for you and I'm going to read you his bio. Jeff Thompson is a BAFTA winning screenwriter, author of 50 books. He has appeared on the Sunday Times bestseller list several times. His first book, Watch My Back, became a stage play, a BAFTA nominated film starring Ray Winston and a Biffa nominated feature film. Jeff has penned multi-award winning films for Ray Winston, Paddy Considine, Orlando Bloom, Anne Reed, and Alison Steadman. He's also one of the world's highest ranking caricatures. I've got that wrong. I'm gonna to have to check with him. I did before the show and it's gone in one ear and out the other. My apologies, Jeff. He's a black, it's a black belt magazine in the USA named him the most influential martial artist in the world since Bruce Lee. Jeff sees his writing as divinely healing through synchronistic intercession. So without more ado, my guest, Jeff Thompson. 
Hello there. I am so sorry for mangling the title again. <laughs> it, is a, it isn't a very often used word. It's karateka. So it just karateka. means somebody that does karate. Yeah. So Thank it's, you uh, so much. So you are forgiven. It's okay. <laughs> that's the worst thing that happens to me today. I'll, I'm doing okay. <laughs> Well, the whole show's about forgiveness, so thank you. That's true. You're, you are forgiven. <laughs> I'll take that. Thank you. Now, for those, what an amazing uh, bio. My goodness me. I've written about 12 books, so 50 seems like an amazing number. And so, so well recognised and so renowned. Tell us your story. How did you come to get involved in all of this? How did it happen? And how did you get here? Well... Uh, St. Augustine would say that the pen is my spokesman and that's how I feel. Um, I suffered with depression when I was younger. I was abused at the age of, uh, I was groomed and abused at the age of 11, 12 right. and it set my life on a, um, a left-handed tra uh, trajectory. You know, right. left me dissonant, left me fearful um, and later um, it left me with a, with, a, with a damaged psyche, with a schema. Um, but later, I found that the use of the pen, I, you know, with the use of the pen, I could bleed all this angst onto the page and I could make sense of it. And I could literally transform it. I could transform, you know, the voices in my head to sonic spirit on the page. And, and because I was, because um, I got experience in karate and martial arts, where we always stood in front of our greatest fears, I was able to uh, be brutally honest with the writing. I was able to write down all of the things that blackmailed me, all of the all of the dirty little secrets, all of the little things that you know spoke in my head and said, "If people knew this about you, if people knew that about you, you know, I have this parasite in me, this uh, black coal that this person placed in me, this um, negative co cognition or parasite, and it had its own voice." You know, mm. it took over my autonomy. It took over my will. And as we know, the will is the is the working arm of the soul in the world. Um, and it kind of, uh, I, I would say it was like, you know, like if you had a parasite in an oak tree, it dwarfs its growth. It stops its full expression of life. And that's what it was with me. So because, because this abuse left me suffering with depression, mm -hmm. confusion, dissonance, sometimes I'd, be smashing the house up in a wild rage. Other times I'd be crying up the curtains and couldn't get out of bed, you know, because I was I was afraid to be alive. So I just had this moment in one of the depressions uh, when I was in my early 20s. I've got three children at the time, got a wife, and uh, I would be waking up at four in the morning in a cold sweat thinking it's going to be a long day. And just suddenly this rage came up in me, this righteous anger where I just thought I'm not living like this anymore and I recognized that it later that it was a communication with my soul mm. and this rage was followed by an idea that was like a coin falling falling through water it just said write down everything you're afraid of and then confront them one by one so I that's what I did I developed a fear pyramid and I, I wrote down my least fear on the bottom step and my worst fear in the top step. And I systematically started to confront the fears, all of the things that were blackmailing me, all of the voices, that black dog in, you know, as, as Churchill called depression, the black dog. I wrote them down and started to confront them. 
Um, and I realized that these fears didn't have any reality if I was prepared to absorb them, 99% of them. If I, was, if I was prepared to invite them in and say, yeah. sit down, have a cup of tea, yeah. you know, they had, they had no power. Their only power was when I ran. When I ran, yeah. they got fat on me running. When I cowered, they got fat on me being, being afraid. You know, when I took... Yeah. Um, when I took medication and the, you know, or try to try to drown this feeling in drink or any of the obvious yeah. outlets, it just got fat on that. So this voice said, "Well, you've tried all those things, and it just got worse. So why not try the opposite? Why not lean into the sharp edges? Why not explore it? Why not be curious? Because mm. the brain has a strange quirk, Dina. It can't it can't process curiosity." No. and fear at the same time so if we suddenly become curious about these feelings the dissonance the anger we suddenly say oh there's that feeling again let me have a look at that yeah let me see what that looks like let me let me just observe it let me witness it without engaging it it's suddenly this semi-autonomous thought thought form suddenly becomes aware that you're looking at it and aware that you're no longer carrying in front of yeah. it and it just just dissipates it's a very powerful um, way of looking at things. And I think people who are listening to this who may be suffering from uh, depression or anxiety for whatever reason, that, that that moment when the shift comes, I call, I call it you know, putting the dragon in the box. You put the dragon in the box because you don't want to look at it. And the dragon gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you start to raise the box and the, the lid comes off and you can't get the dragon back in the box. Whereas if you open the box and you allow the dragon to just be with you, as you say, to actually um, confront those fears, be curious about what's going on here. Hmm. Everything shifts, doesn't it? Yeah. And it puts you back in the... Yeah. Maybe it's not a harbinger of doom. Maybe it's, maybe it's a messenger of hope. Maybe it's the individuation process you yeah. know the unconscious wanting expression maybe maybe if you're prepared to look at it and absorb yeah. it and intercourse with it and sit with it uh, maybe it's got a, a message for you i know when i stood in front of my fears yeah. the nature of the fear was liberated and the effulgence the energy that was locked inside it came over to me and my conscious net automatically expanded we ne we're never gonna we're never gonna reach our full expression while we carry resentment, while we carry anger, no Absolutely. matter how righteous it might seem. So when we forgive people, yeah. we don't actually pardon them. We just give them over to the great leveler. We yeah. accept that the law, the, 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 the abuse isn't, I recognize it as my own abuse. It wasn't really against me. It was against this law, this law yeah. of reciprocity, the law of karma or the law yeah. of compensation. And my job was to recognize that that law would um, settle that account without yeah. my need to witness it. All I needed to do was understand the law and give it over. So forgiveness means to, to give it over. So I think when people are able to articulate what forgiveness is, which means to give over, to let yeah. go of anger, as you said, to let go of fear, to let go of dissonance, when we give it over to the great leveller, that that, those accounts will be settled and then we can concentrate on just cleansing ourselves of the residue of the abuse that's happened to us. I mean, it is a process, but yes. beyond that line of fear is expansion, is our full potential, because any kind of resentment, 
blocks the full expression of love. And all we want in our life is to fully feel and fully express a, yeah. this love. I don't, I don't want a parasite to stop me from, you know, my full expression. You know, like an oak tree has the potential from a tiny seed has the potential to grow to 200 feet for 500 years mm -hmm. and produce another million seeds with the same potential just like itself. And each one of those seeds has the potential for a million more. We're, we're even more impressive yeah. than that. But if we hold on to resentments and anger and fear and dissonance, if we don't lean into them and clear them, we're never going to meet that full expression. We're going to be um, stuck in, in the lay-by of life, not, not really fully experiencing anything. So I learned I to lean into the fear. I absolutely agree wholeheartedly with you. One of the things that struck me is that you were talking and you talked about it being like black coal. Yeah. And what struck me is, my belief is that as you forgive, you there are lessons for you at a soul level for you to take on board. Yeah. And that black coal, if you think about coal as a fuel, it's a very efficient fuel isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And when you start to burn that fuel, it gives off heat and energy and light. And so for me, part of this whole process of forgiveness is that in the letting go of the resentment and all of that, letting go of the fear, that black coal, mm. instead of it being an inanimate object that just is a bit of black stuff, actually the lessons that you learn about yourself, the freedom that you offer yourself, it's like rocket fuel. Yeah. And I love your analogy of the of the oak tree, you know, and uh, the potential potentiality of that oak tree and it, its offspring. Yeah. And that we are infinitely more powerful when we <clears throat> choose to allow ourselves to yeah. own that power. And forgiveness yeah. for me is is a, a way of of accessing that potentiality, that power. Yeah. Otherwise, it just yanks you back into that old place all the time. And so yeah. you, you, you become limited by it. Well, when, when I completely agree, and it, and it is a fuel, in the Old Testament, it would, they called it the burnt sacrifice. Mm -hmm. you know, when we gave this stuff over, it yeah. was the burnt sacrifice or the animal sacrifice, which means we're sacrificing these residues on the animal soul, on the lower soul. So it absolutely is the oil for the lamp. It is, you know, if, we, if we're able to see it. So this, this idea that, um, that when somebody abuses us, this has certainly was the case with me. And this is what they, this is what they talk a lot about in uh, Judaism, in, in uh, Hasidic Judaism, that they say, if you, if, you bump into, um, if you bump into your enemy, run after him and serve him because he has something of yours. He's stolen something from you. And if you try and fight him and try and be violent or angry, yeah. all you do is feed the parasite he's placed in you. But if you recognize that he has something of yours, he's stolen a part of your autonomy or your soul, um, when, you're, when you are kind to him, when you come in from a level of compassion, yeah. you get that back. And the burnt coal, um, this, you know, from the New Testament, they talk about you know, when we forgive someone, it's like pouring burning coal on the head. What it means allegorically is that when we forgive somebody, we give them back that parasite of burnt coal. We give them back that dark cognition yeah. or that uh, perverted belief. So we retrieve our soul or part yeah. of our soul and we give them back 
the burnt coal. So when we, uh, if, 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 we, if somebody abuses us, even if we're separated by space and time, even if they're dead, they can continue to abuse us, as you said earlier, in our absence, because the parasite of abuse is in us. That yeah. dissonance, that, that semi-autonomous thought form is in us. The only way to get it out is to give it over. So when I met the person that abused me, that's what I did. I said to him, I forgive you. Now, he may have felt as though I was pardoning him, but I didn't have the power to do that. No. But what I did have the power to do was let go of the anger, let go of the rage, recognize at some level he was a victim as well because everybody, yeah. every one of us is a victim of something. Yeah. You know, there is no effects without causes. I recognize that on some level that he was a victim and give him over. Then I was able to go away and repair. I was able to go over, not just repair what he'd done to me, but I really I had a really wonderful gift after this forgiveness, Gina. I recognized that I'd been so blind in myself looking at what this man had done to yeah. me and how I could get revenge that I, that I hadn't seen how unkind I'd been in my own life and how many errors and mistakes I'd made myself. So it was when I, when I forgave him, there was a kind of a quiet conceit there. Um, like I felt proud of myself and I suddenly thought well no actually now I'm not looking at him I need to look at me at myself, I, yeah. I have done so many things you know uh, so many things that I'm not proud of and I need to repent them but yeah. in the Buddhist sense of I need to repair them or yeah. I need to return to love so my life after the forgiveness was no longer worrying about the corrupt politicians or the violent fundamentalists or the greedy bankers my life became about finding the corrupt politician in me and rooting out the, the greedy banker in me, yeah. trying to find the, uh, the violent fundamentalist in me and remove them. Because I knew that all of those um, negative beliefs and perceptions in me contained little pockets of gold that I would not get until I broke that fear yeah. and until I repented. So my life then became... Um, just about repentance, but as, in, as uh, again, not in the sense of um, the jealous God of Scripture punishing me, but no. in the sense of me returning to love, me returning to my full expression. And I can't return to my full expression while I've got the obstacles of anger, hate, all those things. So I, when I forgive somebody, I'm just removing the parasite of dissonance. Yeah. I'm removing the parasite of, of, of abuse. It's not for them. Yeah. that I do this, it's for me, so that I can expand and, and meet my fullest potential. That That's worth getting out of bed in the morning for. It certainly is, and it's a wonderful way to live your life, and I certainly, that's that's how I, um, I, I, I work on living my life. Of course, we're both human. I don't know about you, but there are days when it's easier than others. Um, yeah, some days it trips you. It does. But I, one of the things I'd like to explore with you is, I've worked with a number of, uh, of people who've been abused where there's been a familial uh, line. So yeah. generally speaking with mother and daughter who have yeah. not been abused by the same people, but been abused by, by different people. And one of the things that it's really struck me is as those people have let go, repented and healed, and now are fulfilling their potential. And it's just wonderful to be a very small part of that and to watch how they blossom but what I, I get a sense of that 
we live at a time now when through forgiveness we are able to heal the familial line the ancestral line that it's time to break the cycle you know you talked about the abuse of being a victim and, and so mm. often they are victims of abuse themselves mm. and i wonder what your take was my my sense check is that we live at, a, at this watershed of consciousness where we can choose to start doing things differently coming from a place of love and compassion yeah and in doing so heal the ancestral line moving forward so that we can actually live a different quality life I'd just that's be interested in your thoughts. Yeah. That's a very powerful insight, Gina, really powerful and very true. Because we all inherit, you know, what our parents did and what the parents of our yeah. parents did. It's called the genetic inheritance. Yes. It's either a genetic gift or it's a genetic curse. So people don't often want to hear it, but how we live, mm -hmm. how we conduct ourselves is the inheritance we leave our children, either in our yeah. genes or, in, or just in the yeah. consequences of our life. Yeah. We can't live a, a, an unkind and a criminal life without it affecting every one of our relatives. Mm -hmm. Not even our relatives, our close relatives, not even just our close relatives, but, but, but the whole world. But ripples out, yes. It does, because if yeah. you drop a pebble in any point of a pond, yeah. the ripples will be met in every aspect yeah. of the pond. Yeah. Everything connects to everything. So <clears throat> when we do negative things, uh, it goes out as a living negative spirit and, and becomes a part of this global fatberg. Yeah. Everybody's responsible for that, even if they're just gossiping about their friend outside Costa, or if, or if, they, if they have unkind opinions about people on yeah. Twitter, they are contributing to the negative fatberg. What they don't realize is that when we speak, in, 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 the, in the Buddha of karate in martial arts, they call it Kota Dharma Gaku, mm -hmm. and it means the use of magic sound. So when we produce sound, we draw energy from the soul and it comes through our filters. If that sound yeah. is negative, it literally goes out into the world as a cause and creates negative effects. Yeah. So we send the disciples of negative spirits out into the world. I'm not being metaphorical, it's literal. Yes. So once you start to realize that and you realize that at some point, all of that will come home because it yeah. has to, because it's a reciprocal universe. I can say it's all about balance, isn't it? It, yeah, the law of compensation, cause yeah. and effect. So when you get that, you start to go, okay, that's how the law works. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm I'm going to get up in the morning and at least try and live like a saint because everything I put out into the world is going to serve either in a negative way or in a positive way. You know, we can't rationalise the no. negative stuff. We no. can't say it's justified. If it goes out negative, then it does negative things. And it doesn't just do negative things to everyone in the world, it does negative things to our closest kin. Yeah. So I started to think, I don't want to leave anybody without them believing that they can change the world, because they can. And the way we do it, of course, all the Bibles tell you, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Quran, you know, the Gita, you know, the Hindu text, the yeah. Vedas, they all tell you the same, that the, that the world is built on the word, the sound. Mm -hmm. God created the word with sound. We yes. do that every day. We even if the, the magic is sometimes so local, we don't see it. Yeah. We go into a shop, we use sound and symbols to order food, yeah. you know, and somebody brings us that food or we use sound to, to have a house built or we yes. use, you know, somebody like you will go out and use a line sound, beautiful sound 
and people will pay, pay you a lot of money to hear that sound because it, is, it will be massively profitable for them because you inspire them, you put them, you put that spirit into them. So sound is the creative force in the world, but it's a destructive force if we come from a negative place. Yes. And if we're carrying resentments, if we're carrying the parasite of resentment, any negative thought forms, and our sound comes through those negative filters, we are putting things out into the world that will profit the world in a negative way. So it's very exciting to be able to go, oh, I get this. Yeah. So when I come and talk to Gina, I'm going to put out good spirits, a line spirit. Yeah. I'm going to put out spirits in sonic form so that some kid that's waking up at four in the morning in a cold sweat will go, that's me. Yeah. And that spirit will enter him and it will act as an intercessor, you know, um, they call it the paraclete, but it's a, an intercessionary spirit that will direct them to a new book, to a, to yeah. a curiosity, to a, to a fear pyramid. We have the ability to do this every day. That's one of the things I love about you. Your whole life is dedicated to doing that. This is what your show is about now. Yeah. We're putting out sonic spirit so that people, even if it's in a book, Gina, you open the book, what happens? You open it and it, you read it and it becomes a sub-vocalisation. That it spirit enters us. Yeah. essence and energy, doesn't it? Whatever we're yeah. uh, Before I move, move on, because time's just going so quickly, one of the things that, that really strikes me is how many people find it very easy to be kind to other people, mm. but they are so unkind to themselves, so judgmental yeah. of themselves. And I think, you know, those of you who are listening or watching to this, to for me, I'm going to be interested in your take, that it has to start with you. That's hence the, oh. the title, Be the Leader of Your Own Life. Absolutely. So if that voice in your head, that sound that, that is one which is critical and judgmental and unkind, that too, you can't think to yourself, well, you know, I'm not hurting anybody else, I'm only hurting me. In reality, you know, as you say, that vibration that essence is going out into the world that energy yeah, it's very real yeah and and has an impact yeah. and you know again if you're listening and you think i can't do anything there's only me i've said it before spend the night in a room with windows and doors closed with a mosquito and know that very small things can have a very powerful yeah. effect Absolutely and true. that we all have the power and if we leave it to everybody else we're going to be left as we are, and I believe that we are hugely a watershed as a, as a race, as a, um, our future is dependent upon not the politicians, it's a dependent upon each one of us yeah. to make those, those choices and do it consciously rather than yeah. habitually. Yeah, you, that's what Gandhi said, everyone wants to change the world, no one wants to change themselves. Yeah. Yeah, people, have, have, people, have, people have wild opinions about you know the world out there and and about what they would do and what yeah. they should do but most of them you know most people and i was one of them can't even control their own waist size you know they yeah. can't control their own habits their own diet they can't control the smallest organ in the body the tongue so we have to start with ourselves so in yeah. uh, christian theology they call it apophatic theology and it sounds fancy but really it just means we find out who we are by um doing a, a brutal inventory of who we're not. So am I the person that's putting those unkind tweets out? Am I the person that's listening to negative inner mm -hmm. talk? Am I the person, you know, that damages people with a look or 
you know, I'm the person that can't look at myself yeah. in the mirror. So we start, we start, I, what I did in my own life was I thought, okay, let's be brutally honest and look at my faults. I realized that the, the jealous part of me, that's not who I am. I'm not the angry part. I'm not the greedy part. I'm not the envious part. Um, I'm not the violent part, but I, I recognized them in me, but I knew they weren't me. They weren't yeah. true expressions of me. So the idea of negative theology is that by removing who we're not, yeah. we will locate and, and um, uh, reveal who we are. So one yeah. by one, I, I go, okay, I'm not, that's not me. So yeah. when that rises up or when that approaches, I'm not going to engage it. I'm going to be like a bouncer on a nightclub yeah. door. I'm going to stop that from coming in. If we don't engage it, it has no life. We have yeah. the power to engage or disengage from thought forms that yeah. either rise in us or approach us. So I stopped engaging the negative thoughts. I stopped engaging the envious thoughts, the greedy thoughts, any of those thoughts, the violent mm -hmm. thoughts, the, the, um, the unqualified opinions I yeah. had of people. Um, and I started to put myself around people who called me to task. They would say, <laughs> why are you saying that? Yeah. I said to some, I was watching a, a critic on the television once uh, and he was criticizing film. And I said to my wife, I just don't like this man. And she <laughs> says, what is it you don't like about him? What is it in you that you don't like in him? Yeah. I said, there's nothing in me that I don't like. It's him. I said, he's criticizing film and he doesn't know nothing about film. And she said, yeah, but when you go to the cinema, yes, you come out and you criticize film. He said, at least he's got the courage to do it on live television. He said, what you don't like in him is what you see in yourself. Mm. Um, and she was right. She was yeah. absolutely right. So every time that rose up in future, I just stopped engaging it. When it came up, I observed it. I, I observed the energy. I observed the thought form. Yeah. And if we don't place our attention on it, eventually it dissipates. Without our, yeah. without our attention, it has no life. So yeah. I started to practice inner martial arts which was my fight wasn't with people on nightclub doors anymore. My fight was with thought forms, concepts, precepts, old beliefs, old cognitions, you know, as you said, yeah. historical um, inheritances that I got from my dad or from my family line. Yeah. And it's so true. We've, we, we do have the ability to go, well, I, you know, I think Krishnamurti said some of this stuff is 10,000 years old. Well, I've, I have the power to stop that lineage now by no, longer engage, no, by no longer engaging these thoughts and feelings and no longer actioning them. And I don't do, then I'm just um, promising myself that I won't do anything that doesn't come from love. And you're Jeff, right, we can stop that. I believe that we can. And I know, for me, it's almost like that you, you think of a firefly being a little light in the darkness and then two fireflies that's you and me get together and we create a bigger light and then yeah. we gather other fireflies and together we can illuminate a very different way in the world i'm going to have to have you back on the show because i've got so many questions never got to <laughs> <laughs> but it's been an absolute delight thank you very much very I just leave, leave the read this the listeners to one thing that what what we do at this level that seems small is massive on a spiritual level in the spiritual realm, it is huge. It might not seem much here, yeah. but when when you have when your eyes open and you see what a massive effect it has on the spiritual plane, you start to be very careful about what you put out into the world. Start with yourself. Just be kind. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that we do before um, there's a couple of things before you go is 
Um, Genuinely You is a very, very proud member of Be One, G One, Buy One, Give One. And so every guest, those of you that are, are, are regular listeners or watchers will know that every guest is invited to choose from one of three projects and every month I choose three projects um, and we will then donate on their behalf um, to B1G1. Now it's an amazing organisation because they have a sister organisation that actually raises all the money to run it. So every penny of the donation goes towards one or other of the projects. And they run projects throughout the world and they're in line with the world um, organisation priorities such as health, um, being able to have enough to eat, clean water, education, and so on, um, saving the environment. Um, and to this month, um, one of the projects is to provide underprivileged children in Tanzania with access to life-saving water for a day. Safe drinking water is not readily available in poverty-stricken areas. And so a new 28 to 40 millimeter rope pump enables safe water to be extracted from the well more easily and is less strenuous for the women and children who otherwise would have to carry it sometimes miles. And so we will be um, making a donation on your behalf for B1G1 Thank um, you. so that, that villages will have clean water. You know, in the 21st century, that there are m many, many people who are dying needlessly because they haven't got clean, clean water is something that I think needs to be changed at a, as a matter of urgency. So thank you very much for that. Remember, just by listening or watching, whether it's live or download, for every 100 listeners, we are donating. Um, and we're donating so that people go to, to bed with full bellies rather than being hungry. And if you're a business owner or not, you can become a proud member of B1G1. There are lots of ways to do it. And they've done it in such a way that the impacts, as they call them, um, are inexpensive, but you can buy multiples of them. And that every person that joins through us, and we've got a little code which is in the show notes, we get to know the impact that we've had by other people joining. So rather like a bee pollinating flowers, um, we can pollinate um, the, the act of kindness and of giving. So please do get other people to listen and download. And if you're interested in B1G1, you can either get the code from the show notes or email me. Jeff, it just gives me uh, the, the opportunity to say a huge, huge thank you. Um, I will be inviting you back because there are, uh, I want to know all about you as an author and what's gone on there. There's just, and I'm sure there's much more for us to explore around the metaphysics of forgiveness. So thank you very much. Don't go away. Our interview has run on because it was so interesting. Don't go away. Uh, we've got a few minutes after the break. I'll look forward to seeing you then. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people 
a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for a Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. What an amazing man. What a fantastic interview. We've got very few minutes left because I allowed the, uh, the interview to go on because I thought it was just so important. But I want to spend this last very few minutes talking about how are you going to take things forward? Because ultimately, you're the common denominator in your life. You take yourself into every moment of every day. We've just heard an amazing example of someone who struggled initially with life uh, situations which were pretty well unbearable. And yet he found a way forward. One of the things that was so important, I believe, is that everything does start with you. You are the leader of your life and you can choose to be a victim or you can choose to be the hero or the, hero or the heroine. You know, Jeff's written 50 books. I've written lots of books. Ultimately, you're writing your life story. So are you going to choose to be the victim or are you going to choose to, um, to be the person who takes control of the life? You know, all of the information around you know, sitting with the fear, being curious about it, can feel overwhelming. And one of the things I want to suggest to you is that on um, Amazon, you'll find lots of intentional journals and workbooks that I've created. You know, for example, if you're a leader, there are lots of there looking at different aspects of leadership. If you are someone who's an empath and is exploring the spiritual side of your life, then there are intentional journals for those who are on that journey. But intentional journaling, just sitting with yourself. Jeff talked about the power of the pen. It's something that really resonated with me because I find that as I write, so it clarifies my thoughts. And ultimately, you know, writing has been a theme of this show. Next week, we've got Mitali coming on, who um, is an expert in helping people write uh, their books or getting their books published and so on. But ultimately, you are writing the story of your life moment by moment, second by second. 
And it's so important that you take conscious charge of that. Because if you just allow things to happen, most of the time you're thinking habitually, your reactions are habitual. And that keeps you stuck in that hamster wheel of things going round and round and round and never changing. Now, part of the interview, we talked about, you know, that things can feel really scary. But getting curious about things, I think it's a great way. You, you, you change the way the brain is operating when you start to be curious and you want to explore. Doesn't it make sense to explore yourself? What are your beliefs, for example? You know, again, some of these themes are coming up time and time again on this show. And then I make no apology for it because they are so important. Your beliefs drive your thoughts, they drive your emotions, they drive your actions, they drive your language. And they are often installed very early on. So go and check it out. Go and have a look at Amazon, Gina Gardner on Amazon. There are lots there for you to check out. Or go to any of the websites, generally-you.com or ginagardnerassociates.co.uk and you will find there's lots there. Do get in touch. Let us know what you're enjoying, which themes you'd like to have. But whatever you do, it's time to be the leader of your own world. Take care. I'll see you next week. You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.